John chapter 8, and the title of the message is taken from a line of Scripture, The Truth Will Make You Free. We as believers, um, I think we will find out as we not only look at this passage, but as we consider the subject of truth, we need to be very thankful that we've come to a knowledge of truth through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who said, I am the truth. And uh, in fact, it says in the book of Ephesians, and it's the very last verse that I uh, planned on mentioning this morning. It's a verse that you might want to jot down, and it's Ephesians 4.21. And that verse says, in part of the verse, the truth is in Jesus. So if we want to know the truth about life, we come to the person of Jesus Christ. Without Christ, there's no eternal life. And uh, we need to be thankful as believers this morning that our spiritual eyes have been opened and we see that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who left the glories of heaven and who said uh, while he was here in, on his what we call his earthly ministry, he often said, I give you the truth that my Father has given to me. And so the truth of God is found in the person of Jesus Christ and his words and, of course, in the word of God. So we're going to consider a subject, a topical subject this morning. Uh, what is truth? Uh, we're going to talk about uh, mass deceptions that are occurring in our society today. And uh, we're going to talk about the fact that there's only ultimately one source of truth. And it's found in the Lord. Most of us would agree that America's standards for moral behavior and uh, ethics in the past came from the Ten Commandments, teachings of the Lord Jesus, and the rest of Scripture. And regardless of one's political preference or race or socioeconomic status, people in our country generally agreed on many core values. Values like the value of human life, loyalty, respect, commitment to family and marriage, responsibility, kindness, forgiveness, love. But things have changed dramatically in our country, and we're going to see why. We're going to put together the, uh, the, the structure of thinking uh, that people have in our world today that has allowed the departure from the, accepting, uh, the acceptance of the great truths of the Word of God to really impact our own culture. In fact, I read this week that in Houston, uh, six members, young members of a gang, committed a horrific crime, a horrific crime in Houston. And the day before the crime was committed, one of the crime perpetrators got in the face of a local TV camera and said, human life means nothing. And he repeated it. Human life means nothing. Well, he showed his view on that with the horrific crime that I won't even describe that occurred the very next day. Every 24 hours in America, now these statistics are, are they're accurate. And uh, I, I got to admit, they, they don't encourage me when I hear them. Uh, what will encourage us is to know that 
Uh, God has his truth and he is penetrating in society and he's calling out people to have a relationship with himself. But some horrific things are happening in our own country right now. Every 24 hours, 500 teens begin using drugs. Six young adults commit suicide. 1,000 unwed teens become pregnant every 24 hours. The core issue, of course, is we have lost our foundational understanding of what is right and what is wrong before God. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, the prophet Isaiah said, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And the sad thing is that our own government has taken some steps to make things legal in America which are not good, and yet they call it good. Believers do not. Our nation, from our leaders to our youngest school children, have become confused about values, ethics, and morals that are described and talked about in society. I'm going to ask you questions real brief, and we'll get into the scriptures here in a minute. Try to ask yourself this question if you could define it, the answer. What is truth? What is truth? Somebody said, well, truth is telling it like it is. Ray Stedman, great Bible teacher, said, truth is the way things really are. It's speaking accurate facts. It's statements that match real facts in our world. Statements that match facts and evidence. That's what truth is. We believe that the Word of God teaches us, and we'll see this, that truth is absolute. That it applies to all people in all places at all times. There is absolute truth. And the God that we worship, Isaiah 50, uh, 45, rather, 5, says that the, I am the Lord, there is no other, there is no God beside me. Well, the prophet David, writing about the psalmist and prophet, David wrote Psalm 31, 5, You have redeemed me, O Lord, because you are the God of truth. Stay with us for a minute. When we know the truth of God, we're able to live before God in a way that he, he wants us to live. We're able to experience the blessing of life. You see, there are those who say life has no value. God says life does have value. The Bible says man is made in the image of God. And all people ultimately are made in the image of God. And should have a relationship with God, but multitudes do not. That's why we are given the gospel message. Today we're living in an age in which many reject the concept of absolute truth. And here's what is said. Let this register. Multitudes believe that truth is whatever an individual or society determines it to be. Whatever an individual or society determines it to be. In other words, truth is considered relative. Reality is what I experience. When you hear this, you're going to say, do people really believe that? Stay with me. 
there are those who believe, well, you know, everybody's right. Nothing is absolute. All opinions are not only equal, but all opinions are equally right. Now that is hard to swallow. It really is. And that's one of the reasons that type of thinking that you would have a, 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 an enemy of Israel like Hamas shooting rockets over into Israel and people in the United Nations saying, well, maybe they're right about what they believe too. Are they right about taking innocent life? But you see, you see that awful way of thinking that I just described has taken over in society. It's taught in our universities. All opinions are not just equal. Actually, they're all equally right. How sad, how sad. Now what's interesting as well is to know that in a recent poll among evangelical Christians, 54% of those who are surveyed do not believe in absolute truth. See, that's why you say, well, why has our country made this huge shift in morality? Why are we experiencing the things that we are today? Why are certain laws being passed, like the approval of same-sex marriage? Why are these things happening? Because of the belief that, well, all systems of belief can be right. In fact, some believe that they, all systems are right. Very, very sad. Very sad. John chapter 8, which was read for us this morning in verse 31, you'll notice Jesus said, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. A, a true disciple of Jesus Christ is a person who not only reads the word of God, but realizes the value of the truth that is in the word of God, and continues in the Word of God. Uh, again, I'm going to encourage you this morning. Uh, you might be someone who'd say, you know, well, I kind of neglected my Bible this week. But, you know, don't neglect God's Word. Read, read it every day. Encourage yourself in the Word of God. Uh, down at the um, Greg Laurie meetings, when people trust Jesus as their Savior, those who do the follow-up, uh, we're supposed to talk to them about the Lord. And one of the things that we're supposed to say, don't miss this now, this is good. One of the things we're supposed to say, hey, we're really thanking God that he brought you here today to this great Harvest America crusade. We're just so thankful that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And we want to encourage you to do something. Pray every day and read the Bible every day. We are encouraged to communicate that so that these who become new in their faith in Christ will realize that God will speak to them, will minister to them, will feed them spiritually from the truth of the Word of God. Beautiful, beautiful portion of Scripture. Uh, Jesus went on to say, verse 32, and you shall know the truth. And the truth of God, of course, is found in the Word of God. Jesus said Himself, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have an understanding of life, the light of life. You see, I mentioned already that we who have the Word of God and God's truth have the ability 
to live before Him, knowing that we can please Him, knowing that He can guide us in our, in our decisions and in our walk before the Lord. Very vitally important. Which causes me to turn to Matthew chapter 7. If you will do this with me, I want to do something very interesting with you uh, this morning. We're talking about truth. And we're talking about the fact that Jesus Christ said, I am the way and the truth. And we looked at that verse that says, the truth is in Jesus in the book of Ephesians. We need to remember that the truth is in Jesus. And I'm going to show you how important this is in light of what you already know that Jesus has said. But look at the words of Christ in Matthew 7, beginning at verse 24. Very familiar. Beautiful portion of God's word. Jesus said, verse 24, Matthew 7, Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and great was its fall. Beautiful, beautiful words of the Lord Jesus Christ. We had the privilege yesterday to be with a family who's going through a great time of need and to hear the things that both John and Jane said, so encouraging. They said, I'll mention part of it, their faith is sustaining them. Their knowledge of the Word of God is allowing them to grieve properly. They are so thankful for the promises of the Word of God. And they have built their lives upon the truths of the Word of God. And of course, one of the great truths, which is so meaningful to them at this time, is to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. And to know that their daughter did put her faith and trust in Jesus Christ, it's, it's sustaining them. I didn't say it's making it easy. I said it's sustaining them. And uh, it, it, it's so good to listen, to listen to believers going through deep waters. Uh, you, you do a lot of listening. And, and we do need to keep them in prayer, obviously. Now the Lord Jesus said, when the storms of life come along, for those who respond to his word, their house is going to stand. But those who do not believe that Jesus is the Savior and those who do not build their lives on His Word when the storms come along, tra tragedy comes. So if we look at this uh, portion of the Word of God and we're talking about the subject of truth, I want to do a little something with you this morning. Jesus said, you'll notice, He who hear, hears my word and does them I will liken him or her to a wise person. So therefore, we need to ask ourselves when it comes to different subjects, what did Jesus say about? 
Now, I'm going to ask you a few of these things, okay? And you just go ahead and call them out to me, okay? Any short phrase you want to use? But I, wanna sh- I want you to see that God is already using His Word in your mind and in your heart. Because you have Christ as your Savior, you shall know the truth. And the truth sets you free. It allows you to walk in spiritual freedom before God because you know the words of Christ. Now, I'm going to throw some of these out. And don't be afraid to respond, okay? What does God say in His Word? Uh, you, You may give me only a little phrase. You might give me a verse. What does God say about marriage? Man and a woman. It's between a man and a woman. Do multitudes of people in our society believe that truth? Do leaders in our government believe that truth? No. What else does he say about marriage? It's holy, it's sacred before. What was another one? It's to be it's to be permanent. Yes, it's to be permanent. Thank you. That's a good one. Okay. And, and I like the phraseology which we heard from the pastor having this wedding ceremony yesterday. <laughs> well, <laughs> Richard owes me some fries. What God has joined together. Okay, now see, see what we're doing here? And we're not going to take a long time on this. But you're, you're, you're showing that you know the truth of the Word of God. All right, let's do a few more. Uh, what does God say, what did Jesus say about forgiveness? Seventy times seven. That's a good thing to remember because Peter went up to him and said, Lord, uh, how often should I forgive my brother? And Jesus said, seventy times seven. Uh, can you think of one more thing about relationship to forgiveness? You don't get it, you don't get it. Wow. Wow, that was too hard. I'm sorry. I don't believe that. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Joseph. Thank you. Yes, uh, in Matthew chapter 6, where he teaches us how to pray, he says, if you forgive men their trespasses, the Father in heaven will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, your Father in heaven will not forgive you. In other words, he's saying that a lack of forgiveness can really hinder the grace of God being poured down into your life, and that's true. Uh, he said a lot about forgiveness. All right, let's take a couple more. What did uh, Jesus say about his return? It's so, oh boy, that's good. So should we be looking for his return? Is everybody looking for his return? No. Are all Christians looking for his return? Don't know. See how the truth of God can impact your life? Jesus wanted every generation of believers from the time of the disciples to be looking for his return. Watch therefore, he said. Be alert, be ready for the coming of the Lord. Uh, because no man knows the day or the hour of the return of Christ. Is there one more thing you want to tell me about the return of Christ? His coming. Nobody knows when, but I have a book in my study. The guy said he's coming in 1996. Oh, that went by, didn't it? Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. One more. What did God? What did Jesus say about sin?
Okay, yes, yes. Uh, scripture uh, verifies that, not just the words of Christ. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, I'll mention this to you. Um, we were away one weekend, and uh, Bob Graff uh, gave the message. And when we got back, I said, what was the message that Bob Graff gave? And they, and they said, well, you know, I can't remember the text, but I do remember one thing he said, sin is bad. <laughs> So the Bible, the scriptures are the truth of God. Jesus said, set them apart through your truth. John 17, when Jesus was praying and talking to the Father in heaven, set them apart through your truth. Your word is truth. And so the, the truth of God, I want you to remember this. this is, we're, we're leaning on this subject this morning. Uh, you as a believer, you as a Christian, you have been set apart from others in society. As a, not only as a believer, but as one who knows the truth of God. And God's working in your life and He's protecting you. He's taking care of you because you know things in our world that could be harmful to you. The truth of the Word of God helps in a tremendous, tremendous way. In fact, Jesus said again, verse 32, You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And there He's talking primarily about spiritual freedom. But if you look in the Word of God and you start checking off little phrases in the Bible of the freedom that you and I have as believers, well, we have freedom from Satan. Remember Jesus prayed in John 17, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. And that prayer is going to be answered. Satan can't have you. Remember Jesus said to Peter, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. Uh, he's going to tempt you, but he can't have you. And Satan will tempt us. Temptations will come along. But you see, if you know Jesus is your Savior, Satan can't have you. He has no authority over your life. Freedom from condemnation, Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Freedom from a spiritual ignorance. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. The one who comes to me is not going to go through life in darkness. But you're going to understand what life is all about. Freedom from spiritual death. And this is a beauty. When you look at the verse, you have to look at it and you know, wow. What does it say? It says in John 8, 51, Jesus says, Whoever hears my word, my truth, he shall never see death. Well, we do die physically. But remember that truth in the word of God? As soon as you die physically... You're immediately in the presence of the Lord. So technically speaking, there's no spiritual death because now you have spiritual life and your spiritual life is eternal. And how awesome this is. And of course, what Jesus was referring to when he said the truth shall make you free was freedom from slavery to sin. And it is amazing. You and I as believers, oh, there have been times when we've struggled with sin. <laughs> Probably every single one of us. But the Lord says, having been set free from sin, you become servants of righteousness. And so when we have Jesus Christ as our Savior, and we, we keep taking in the Word of God, the Lord allows us to say no to sin and yes to things that He wants us to do. Freedom from slavery to sin. So yes, the Bible is God's truth. It's the truth of God. We say it's the inspired Word of God. And you will notice that there's an insert in your bulletins this morning. Uh, I think it's very important that we are able to say, 
I know why I believe the Bible is the inspired Word of God. There's an insert in your bulletin. And uh, we're not going to read down through the whole thing. But um, you'll notice the uh, larger categories, the testimony of Scripture itself. And uh, they say, well, isn't that a circular argument? Well, doesn't have the Bible have the right uh, like you would have to testify for yourself? And the answer is yes. The unity of Scripture, oh man, how awesome that is. 66 books written over a period of 1,500 years by more than 40 different authors. The same theme, the same blending of the truth of God is found in the Word of God. And then, of course, you have the preservation of Scripture. Oh, man, people have tried to burn the Bible and destroy it and outlaw it. Um, Fulfilled prophecies is another good one. Uh, And there are many fulfilled prophecies in the Old Testament as well as New Testament, especially those uh, centered around uh, the life of Jesus Christ and, of course, his historical accuracy. But I think the two strongest ones, believe it or not, I I, I lean to the two strongest ones being back under uh, number one, C and D, the witness of Christ of the Old Testament, uh, Jesus uh, says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, quoting from Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. And then, of course, you have the uh, testimony of Christ uh, where he testifies of the truth of many things in the Gospels, one being the fact that Adam was the first man. I remember um, we were uh, exercising one day here uh, at the unit at the hospital. We were exercising, and this um, man spoke up, and he said... Um, well, he said, uh, I've, I've been taught that uh, Adam is a, um, an allegory. There wasn't a real Adam. And I, I overheard the conversation, so you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to step in, you know. And I said, did I, did I hear you right? He said, yeah. He said, we were taught that it's, a, um, it's an allegory, uh, but there really wasn't an Adam. And I said, well, Jesus said there was an Adam. And he turned and he said, he looked up and he said, he did? I said, yeah. And uh, Jesus very carefully referred to the first man. He referred to the beginning of creation. Uh, He referred to Noah. And you know there are multitudes of people who do not believe there was a universal flood and there was a man named Noah. It's just just an allegory in Scripture. No, it's the truth of God. And the truth of God encourages us. It strengthens us. It helps us to know that what God has said with regards to the future is built on what he said in the past. Very important. Very important. So, yes, uh, the Bible is the inspired word of God. It's the truth of God. And I like this. I'm going to mention this and we'll pull it together here in a minute. Um, Wayne Gruden in his theology said this. I love this statement. He said, the authority of Scripture means that all the words in Scripture are God's words. Now, it doesn't mean that everything that's written down is what God said, but He accurately had recorded that which we have, historical events, other things in Scripture. The statements of people. The authority of Scripture means that all the words in Scripture are God's words in such a way that to disbelieve or disobey any word of Scripture is to disobey God. Wow. Strong. The psalmist David said, You are God and your words are true. 2 Samuel 2, 28. 
Truth is what God says and how we thank the Lord that we have the truth of God and, and we can build our lives upon it. And we're going to do something again real quick together here. Uh, I found this week, there's a, uh, a site on your internet called the Denison Forum, Denison with one N, dot org. And uh, the man who puts this out interprets things that happen in our culture. And uh, he jotted down... His name's James Dennison. He used to be a pastor here in the Dallas area. God's top truths for love and marriage. Wow. Now, I'm going to just read these. I may give a couple scriptures with them. Just going to read them. But you see, we believe these things. Now, again, people who, who don't go by these things and live in lifestyles that are, not, uh, that are opposed to these things doesn't mean there can't be forgiveness of sin doesn't mean that someone who is in a lifestyle where, where there's a same-sex relationship, they can be forgiven. We do not hate homosexuals. We do not hate those who are in those type of lifestyles. They need Jesus Christ. But you know, we have to agree on this, please. They need to hear the truth. The, the Lord can change them. The Lord can give them life. The Lord can forgive them. They need to hear the truth of God. Now let me mention these. I'm just going to mention some of them. These are called God's top truths for love and marriage. All right? Now see if this doesn't click in your mind and thinking. Number one, sex is God's gift for heterosexual marriage. Genesis 1 and 2. God has given sex to mankind for physical pleasure, procreation, and relational in intimacy. Three very specific reasons. For sex. Repeat. Sex is God's gift for heterosexual marriage. That's the truth of God. Secondly, sex outside of marriage is always wrong. Exodus chapter 20, verse 14, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 18, Romans chapter 13, verse 9. Do not have sex with anyone who is not your spouse. If you were taught that by your parents, you are blessed. You are blessed. Again, there's forgiveness when that is not taken into account. There's forgiveness with the Lord. But this is the truth of God. Let's stay with it just a little bit more. Marriage is intended to be permanent. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 39. Romans chapter 7, verse 2. That doesn't mean that divorce happens. It does happen. And, and many times in situations where one in the marriage relationship didn't want the divorce to occur, the other one didn't want to save the marriage relationship. And there's all kinds of um, different things that go into that type of problem. But there's forgiveness with the Lord. Number four. Sexual purity begins in the mind. Job 31.1. Job said, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman with lust? What a statement. What a statement. Number five, sexual relationships between people of the same gender are forbidden in Scripture. Very clear text. Leviticus 18.22, Leviticus 20, verse 13, Romans chapter 1. Number six, sexual sin harms us. 
It harms one's relationship with God. And, and how wonderful to know that those who have broken some of these truths of God's word have received God's wonderful forgiveness and now do enjoy a wonderful relationship with God. And number seven, God calls us to purity. And these are the truths that are given in the Word of God. There's a book written by Chip Ingram called Culture Shock. And he deals with many of the um, myths that are given out in society. And uh, he says how God answers these myths very clearly from His Word. Yes, our God's a God of truth, Psalm 31 verse 5. And He's the one who calls us to be communicators of truth. In fact, Ephesians 4.15, if we know the truth of the Word of God, we are to be speaking the truth in love. Uh, sometimes we may feel that might be hard or difficult to do, to talk to someone who has a, a lifestyle that's totally different to the truths in, in the Word of God. But you know, the Lord says, if He asks us to do something, we can do it. We are to be speaking the truth in love. And this is why the psalmist prayed, Psalm 25, Guide me, Lord, in your truth. Teach me, because you are my God. You are my Savior. Last verse, Ephesians 4.21, The truth is in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Ephesians 4.21 We went through a little exercise together. We talked about the things that Jesus said about marriage, money, forgiveness. These are the things that guide us in life. We are those who are interested in the truth. In fact, lastly, before we go to prayer, I, I pray that this topic this morning would encourage you to appreciate the fact that you have a handle on the truth of God. Not that we know everything. We don't know everything. But the Word of God covers every issue of life. And we are to be those who love the truth of God. Second Thessalonians 2.10 said, Those who are deceived by the Antichrist are those who are deceived because they did not love the truth of God. So let's be those who love the Word of God who dig into the Word of God, who don't neglect it, who thank God for what His Word, the truth, has done for us. Let's pray together.